Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I'm here with Garrett and Mike. We are here to talk about the NFC South. We talked about AFC South last time, but we've got the South Side and the NFC Division to discuss. Um, before we jump in, Mike, Garrett, how you guys doing? Uh, another fabulous day in the paradise mm-hmm. of Visalia. <laughs> you can bleep that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're you're in Hanford, right? Yeah, I'm in Hanford. A uh, good old, good old, lovely Hanford. Uh, like you know, million... it's Friday, so the weekend's here, and we're getting ready for a good one. Yeah, oh, I'm in Tipton. I know I got a lot less going on than you guys do, man. There's like barely a gas station here, so you guys are still in uh, better shape than I am. <laughs> um, so we don't really got a lot of league news to go over. There's you know a couple of preseason stat lines and stuff, but again, nothing really that pops out. So we're just gonna jump right into uh, talking about these four teams, and we're gonna start with the team that finished first in the division last year, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have an interesting, they had an interesting off season with Tom Brady retiring and then unretiring a little more than a month later. We got Gronk, who's currently retired. There's rumors that maybe he wants to come back midseason or something. So far, that's not been the case. Chris Godwin coming off of his ACL. Looks like he is healthy enough to be practicing. They also brought in Russell Gage and, oh, yeah, Julio Jones. Um, Some injuries on the offensive line. Lost some free agents. Had a retirement. So this team is actually looking a little, you know, a little different than they did last year. Um, Mike, what do you think of Tom Brady this year? Is he going to have another big passing season it's it's tom brady uh i'm not gonna discount the guy until his arm falls off or he has a stroke or something you know fingers crossed that doesn't happen i'll feel terrible but this guy's uh, he's immortal he's you know doing something that's working he's had two fantastic seasons in a row uh last year he finished off depending on what metric you use Kind of finished off as a top five quarterback. So nothing really changed around that team. I'm not saying he's a cheater, but if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> I'm but you know what? 45 years old and still doing it, man. Um, this is it's pretty awesome to see, I guess. Yeah, it's hard I mean, for me to like Tom Brady, so I continuously root against him every single year, which <laughs> apparently fuels him even more. <laughs> He, he well, check this off of your hatred. That is true. Check this out. His stat line last year: seven hundred nineteen attempts. That's crazy. It's the most attempts he's ever had in his career, as far as I can tell. But he's 5, also, he also had more completions. Like, yeah, he had four eighty-five. Also, the most completions: five thousand three hundred sixteen yards and forty-three touchdowns. That's the QB one in most years. I'd say, as long as fantasy football has been around, that number would have been the number one overall fantasy player in a lot of a lot of seasons, or at least the number one quarterback. Doing I don't think we have any. That's why like, I don't. That's what I say. I don't think we have any real reason to believe that he's going to slow down. His receiving core is arguably better than what it was last year. I know they lost Gronk, but he's still good with Cameron Brate. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. I think we're just going to see more from the receiving game. When Julio Jones is like your third or fourth receiver, I'd say that, yeah, you're in pretty good shape there in the passing game. So um, he is going 78th overall, according to his ADP, uh, 78.7. So at that point, if you've waited on a quarterback, if you're in a 12-man league, this is like – 
what sixth, seventh round, something like that. Um, that's prime time for a guy that's going to probably throw for 5,500 yards and 50 touchdowns or something close to it. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> Wasn't he just singing on the mask singer too? For like, oh, well, that's the <laughs> that's the rumor. <laughs> It's a weird rumor he missed all this training camp time and found out like he's just in the Bahamas. I had a feeling like it was not anything ridiculous. He's just 45. He's been there. He's done it. He doesn't need to be there in training camp. So he just took some time off so he could be semi-retired for a little bit. Um. So, okay, so we obviously expect big season out of him. I think that by default, we expect a lot of these receivers to uh, have big seasons. Mike, which one is the odd man out here? Because we, you know, there's a lot of them. It could be like Mike Evans is probably the only one that's truly locked into a role And between the other three. It's really just going to be, you know, you know, I think, uh, I think you're right. Mike Evans has been, he's one of the only, he might be the only receiver that I can think of that has started out his career with nothing but thousand plus yard seasons. I mean, the guy's continuously disrespected. He's a fantastic receiver. He's going to get you receptions, receptions, yards, and catches. So Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Godwin, guy's coming back from an ACL that was kind of late last season. I'm still taking him in dynasty leagues. I've been getting him super cheap left and right. Uh, Julio Jones is coming in. I don't know if we have the Julio that was the Julio that we remember or if this is just a guy that's going to be a name that's out there. Does he bounce back? Is this a Richard Sherman situation where he hits the field for Tampa and then he plays a couple games and then he gets hurt and then he kind of fades off into the distance? I don't know. I think Scotty Miller kind of ends up being the odd man out. Oh, no doubt. I mean, like we still got Russell Gage there too. Yeah, there's Russell Gage. Big money deal. And he's supposed to be the slot guy as far as I understand. I think Scotty Miller ends up being the guy in that spot. If you're not looking at Godwin or Julio or Evans, Scotty Miller showed that he could do it. Uh, they just great. gave all that money to gauge though. Like why would they put Scotty Miller ahead of him when they just gave him, I think $30 million over the next couple of years. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm off base here. I'll take it. You know, maybe you're gauge right. hasn't practiced right. in two and a half weeks. Yeah, he's still so... not practicing. We know that. There's, yeah, there's a possibility, um, you know, early, but Russell Gage is uh, the odd man out, I think, here. If Julio Jones can um, show that he has uh, – what's that word I'm looking for? Chemistry with Tom Brady. I mean, you saw some of the throws. And obviously, it's just palace practice, and he's a freak athlete, but – Right. Um, Julio Jones might be like a red zone kind of option that you see uh, in between. Or, I'm sorry, not in between the 20s, but yeah, that red zone. That's kind of what I'm expecting is I think he's Julio is almost more of like a Gronk replacement, not necessarily as a tight end. He is a good blocking receiver, so he can help out in that regard. Some of those receivers play close to the line of scrimmage, too. You think of like the Rams have Cooper Cup and well, they had Robert Woods doing it too, Van Jefferson. They all play like it's almost like they're playing tight end at, at times. So I could see Julio Jones because of his size, his blocking ability. receiver. I get the sense that uh, Russell Gage is going to be the guy to own over him. And it's funny, they're almost back-to-back in ADP. Julio Jones is 134 and Gage is 137. 
Right. I think it's interesting Gage is actually behind Jones, but that's probably just because Julio's got that name value. Absolutely he does. He's he's a brand name. But that's that's kind of what the, the Buccaneers are, right? It's you know, yesterday's brand names for today's discounts. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They clearly showed that that's you know, you could put together that team and win a Super Bowl. Um I just I don't know. To me it feels like you got Brady, Fournette, Evans, and Godwin, and everything else is just kind of there. Yeah, I think that it's just uncertain with some of these other guys. And and you mentioned Fournette. He so is yeah about the running game. Yeah. What how do we feel about this running game? Is Fournette the bona fide number one and going to have most of, if not ninety percent, of these looks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. They say he looks amazing in camp. Unless but he came in so fat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, the guy runs at 230. I mean, the only, if he hits you going full speed. Yeah, I think Derek that, Henry uh, light. he's going to end up having most of that backfield to himself. Like, they don't have anyone other than, like, what, Rashad White, third-round pick. Um, they've got uh, Kashawn Vaughn, who's not done anything so far in the league. Gio Bernard, he's signed with the team last year, didn't do anything. I don't know. I think Fournette's got like one of these rare three down opportunities. He's caught the ball quite a bit over the course of his career, more than people would expect. I wouldn't really call him like some downfield receiving threat, but he's a threat to catch plenty of passes on any given season. He had 69 receptions last season. Right. 450 yards. Like that is a good pass catching back. Jonathan Taylor, who we talked about yesterday, had uh, 51 targets with 30-something receptions for 300-odd yards. So Fournette did better. It's just Fournette doesn't crack the 1,000-yard mark on rushing. If you're playing in a PPR league, Fournette's dynamite. Yeah, he's going 25.6 according to his ADP. So that's like beginning of the third round or if you're in a 10-man league, like middle third round. Um, If you go like receiver at the top of the draft or maybe like you land Travis Kelsey, something like that. Leonard Fournette's a good consolation prize that he could be an RB one and you can get him right there probably in the third round. So um, I'm a big buyer this year. I just don't see any competition. Uh, He's only 27 too. It's not like he's some over the hill guy. And even though he's not uh, quite lived up to that number four overall potential, I think is when he got drafted, he's got enough physical athletic ability to, you know, take advantage of a bigger role. So, yeah, I think we've seen him do it already. We can expect the good old, same good old playoff Lenny there for uh, for this season um, and maybe even a little bit more. I think he definitely finishes as an RB1. Fournette, to me, is the guy that if he's there in the fourth round and I went, say, uh, receiver, receiver, uh, tight end maybe, I'm taking him as my RB1 in the fourth round if he's there. I'm not hesitating. Um, he's somebody who I would be okay with ending up with if that's the right way to put it like it mm-hmm. up with Fournette as my RB one I'm not upset yeah here's an interesting value too because Mike Evans is going 26.2 so he's basically going back to back with Fournette I think he's another one if you go running back heavy to begin the draft Mike Evans is a guy you get basically the same spot you can get Fournette but a guy that has potential to finish as a wide receiver one you made that great observation that he's got eight seasons and Every season he's gone for at least a thousand yards. Most of the 
seasons he's had um, touchdown wise is like eight or more. You know, I think yeah, it's six season, to eight seasons. It was like eight or more. Last season he had fourteen touchdowns. Season before that he had thirteen touchdowns with Tom Brady. Yeah, and he's just got that athletic body type. Like he's a he's like six five, almost six six. You know, two hundred thirty right. pounds. So like he makes sense as a red zone option. Like and they Phillip use him Rivers like that. And uh, what's his name all over again? Vincent Jackson. Yeah. Yep. Vincent Jackson was a buck there for a while too. Now the question kind of becomes when Gronkowski comes back, and I say when because where Tom goes, Gronk. <laughs> where does he? Where does he fall for you? Is that? I mean, if you're on a dynasty squad, obviously I've told people left and right, you know, don't drop Gronk until Brady retires. Yeah, I think that at this point, Gronk, Gronk is, is out probably on more. Redraft. He's more of a mid-season, like he's likely to join the the team mid to late season. And by the time he gets back into camp, gets into shape, and is ready to start stealing snaps from some of the other guys, I assume that it's going to be like towards the beginning of the playoffs or, you know, not far outside that range. So in terms of fantasy, even in dynasty leagues, like, man, by the time he shows up, it's going to be like week 10 or week 8 or something, maybe even later. I think that... You could drop him, and if he happens to be out there, you shouldn't expect him to go on some tear because although he definitely had good games last year, he's certainly worth rostering. He's not a must-start. Like, he's not a must-start, especially with all these other weapons there, too. They might get to the point of that that part of the season. They're like, hey, we don't really need to have him come out of retirement, and I'm sure he'd be comfortable with that, too. You know, but Part of me does think, though, that Gronk, quote-unquote, retired so he didn't have to go to camp. Oh, I'm sure. And there's still a chance he could come out here at the end of camp. I held him in a dynasty league um, up until like a couple of days ago, but I'm just kind of at this point. I'm like, even if he does come back, he's still got to get his sea legs underneath him. And I feel like I could wait, you know, to acquire him for cheap or like someone will pick him up. He'll have a bad game or he won't play for the first three games and then they'll get dropped and I can get him later. Something like that. Absolutely. In one dynasty league, I had him for both of his retirements. So, yeah. All I'm saying is so, wait yeah. for the wait for the paint on the wall to dry before you do anything crazy. Yeah, if you could afford to hold him, do it. I think I was in a position where I don't remember who I was adding, but it was someone that I was like, if I miss out on this guy, then I'm not going to get him, you know, for cheap later. So I did it. But if you can hang on to Gronk, yeah. Otherwise, I don't think the tight ends. I mean, Cameron Brait. He's always been kind of like touchdown dependent, never really a volume guy. He's just kind of in that same class of tight ends you know, back in tight end two, but you know, a back in tight end two might as well be a mid tight end one. Like they're all the same. <laughs> Honestly, I, uh, I thought it was a bad move to cut the juice, but yeah, you gotta move forward. Yeah. Yeah. The juice is loose on, uh, what the bills. OJ Howard. Well, they, yeah, they didn't they that great anyways. So. Yeah. Like they didn't cut him. They just let his contract expire. But yeah, I just read the other day that, uh, OJ Howard might be, um, my finally in free agency. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing now because I'm just finally getting the juice reference. I was like, who's he talking about? But OJ, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard that he's not doing good with the Bills, but we'll see. You know, like they don't really have much uh, depth out there in Buffalo behind Dawson Knox. So, you know, no. there's a chance. There's a chance that he could still make the roster even if he's having a bad camp. Um, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're also an interesting team because they've got a new head coach here. Well, we didn't even talk about how the Buccaneers, they got uh, Todd Bowles running the team instead of Bruce Arians now. It's not going to really shift much because Byron Leftwich and everything's still there. 
similar situation in New Orleans where Sean Payton retires, Dennis Allen gets the job, but basically everyone keeps their jobs. So right. you've got uh, Pete Carmichael still running the offense, same guy that was the offensive coordinator for Sean Payton for a very long time. Um, what we do have is uh, an apparently healthy Jameis Winston now. He's been a little bit banged up in camp with some other minor stuff, but he's back from his ACL by all accounts. Um, we'll get to Alvin Kamara. I just want to throw one thing out there. It does not look like he's facing a suspension this year for that fight he got into like the week of the Pro Bowl in Vegas. Um, if based on his court days, that's all kind of been pushed to next year. So if he does get suspended, probably for next year, something to keep uh, in mind for dynasty leagues. But if you're in redraft leagues, I think you can safely draft Kamara without having to worry about a suspension. And then um, at receiver, a lot of big changes here. The top three receivers are Michael Thomas, who's been out for most of the last year and a half, but he's officially healthy. Uh, Chris Olave. Uh, well, well, yeah, I should take that. He, yeah, he did have that little ankle he's dealing with, but he's, I think that's a hamstring. Now. Yeah, I don't know what he's dealing with. It, they, the coaching staff something. doesn't seem they don't seem overly concerned, but he hasn't played. So it's you know still... what? I'm concerned about it. And let yeah. me tell you, let me holler at my brother on this one. I'm right. concerned about Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> we'll get to him. But Chris Olave traded up in the first round to go get first round receiver out of Ohio State. Heard good things about him this offseason. And then they brought in Jarvis Landry, too, to be their slot receiver. He played at LSU, so he's kind of got a little homecoming going on there. <clears throat> we have uh, Jameis Winston, though, running the offense, and he's got no competition at quarterback from Taysom Hill, apparently. Uh, Andy Dalton is the backup, so nothing to really feel threatened about there. Um, what do we think about Jameis Winston this year, Garrett? Um, I like Jameis. Um, he's gotten to kind of sit back a little bit, reevaluate, um, and just get better as a football player. Um, under Drew Brees, under Sean Payton, and I think that he can take a step forward this year. Um, he finally got surgery on his eyes, which uh was a good yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked him more when I was comfortable with Michael Thomas coming back and thought that everything was good. Michael Thomas started getting these little nicks and things aren't trending a good way. So I'm a little bit concerned in that sense uh, because now he's going to be thrown to uh, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Um, so that takes away a little bit. Um, so I'm not necessarily down on him, but I am more down than where I was. I, I think Jameis is, he's going at 174 right now. Um, so he's free. going, yeah, pretty, pretty close to free. Um, I think for a guy at that price, he's got as much upside as the other quarterbacks around that same price as just about anyone. Got to remember, this is a guy that threw for, did he actually yeah. throw for 5,000 or he just missed it? I'm forgetting. 5, no, he 000. did. Yeah, 51. 6,106. Yeah. 33 touchdowns, and that came with 30 interceptions. We obviously never going to forget about that. Well, that's because he couldn't see the other team. <laughs> right? <laughs> he was just chucking it up there and living on a prayer, man. Leave yeah. Leave the guy be. Yeah. I think he's definitely <laughs> hey, a little Mike, more. You're down there, right? <laughs> Last year, he was uh, a little more refined as a passer. He actually started out pretty efficient and didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He finished the season 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. It's much, much, much better. But he also wasn't chucking it downfield like crazy either. He only got to play in seven games. So uh, 
you know, he also was still giving up a little bit of time to Taysom Hill, and they still might do that a little bit, but I don't think that's that's really something he's got to worry about now. So well, I'm, I'm cool with him at his price. Taysom Hill is officially listed as a tight end. Right, at least in Sleeper, they officially changed him to tight end. Uh, I kind of feel like he's still going to be a little bit of everything, so listing him at tight end exclusively is kind of weird to me. They should just give him every position, basically. But um, So... Even if Michael Thomas is hurt, they got Marquez Callaway. They got a guy that can fill in there. I do. I do think the receiving core as a whole looks good. Um, but Michael Thomas, he's going sixty three point eight. Yeah, I don't know. He's got this hamstring. He's. I just saw two days ago though. Says like he's looking like his old self. I've heard that a bunch of times. But he's also missed some practices. I don't know. It sounds like they're just being really cautious with him because he's missed so much time. I don't think he's in danger of missing week one. I, when I first glanced at it, 63.8 ADP does not sound good to me. But when you look at the potential upside of this guy could be a top 10 wide receiver. This guy's caught a hundred some passes, you know, how many times now? Like he did it three years in a row, 104, 125, 149. Then he's basically been hurt ever since. Uh, I think it's important to note that, you know, yes, he's, he's a great receiver when he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy in two years and he's currently nursing a hamstring injury. So I, as uh, somebody who's going to be drafting a team tomorrow, I'm hesitant to take him in a significant round. Uh, obviously an upside is an upside and at a certain point I will pull the trigger, but as it stands right now, uh, anything under the sixth round, I can't bring myself to look at, look at Michael Thomas as a prospect. Well, you said you got concerns, G money. What do you think? Yeah, I I'm with Mike here. Um, who do we got around him? Who's going? What are some names? Um, let's see here. So he's going sixty-three. Um, so some players around him: uh, Marquise Brown, T.J. Hawkinson, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jalen Hurts, Amon Rossi Brown, A.J. Dillon, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I would um, take every single name that you listed right now over Michael Thomas just based on the last two years. I would take maybe half these guys over Michael Thomas and half of them I wouldn't. Something like that. Yeah, it's just really tough for me. Michael Thomas has all the talent in the world, but man, just the injury after injury after injury. And he's certainly getting a... um. He's certainly getting like a downgrade because he's not playing with Drew Brees right now, too. So that right. certainly affects things. And also, too, he now has Chris Olave on the field, who, by all accounts, the Saints drafted to be the next big thing. And he also has Jarvis Landry on the field, who's proven time and time again that he can be a valid receiver in this league. So he's yeah. Like, he's yeah. not the only guy on the field catching passes anymore. Right. Yeah, I do. I do like Chris Olave a lot this year. Jarvis Landry's always been a slot machine, kind of like a volume, high volume target guy, catches a lot of passes, maybe his uh, yards per catch is kind of low. But he, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry still has a chance to be a, a 
probably a wide receiver. In a best case scenario, he's probably like a wide receiver three in PPR. I think right now you could call him a flex. Um, he, and he's going pretty cheap right now himself. I got to look him up again one more time, but I think he is going, let's see. Yeah, he's going 143. So he's not free, but he's, I mean, 143 is pretty late in your drafts for a guy that could potentially chip in that much. I think Chris Olave is a little overpriced. He's going 101. Um, even if Michael Thomas doesn't play right away or he's injured, I don't expect Chris Olave to be like the number one receiver all by himself. Um, I think that he's, I don't know, I, it's a hard time. I might take a dart throw at him right there just because of how much I'm concerned about Mike Thomas. Yeah, let's see who's going around him. Let's see, Alan Lazard, Matthew Stafford, James Cook, Trey Lance, Melvin Gordon, Pat Fryermuth, Ramondre Stevenson, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk. Those are some names. A uh, um, couple, yes and no. Yeah, I think I like more of these guys than I do him at that point. Um, not necessarily all of them, but Alave, I think he just needs a little more seasoning. Maybe mid-season he kind of gets into a groove, but I just... It's a. I have a hard time trusting rookies to have strong roles at the beginning of the year. You just got to really think of like, where's this guy going to be at halfway through the year? Um, so I'd like to jump in and interrupt you guys on some breaking news brought to us by our uh, co-host Red. Ty Montgomery for the New England Patriots was just carted off the field with uh, an injury of sorts. So for those people drafting, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be somebody to really look at now. Yeah, we'll just uh, kind of cover this quick because we did talk about Ty Montgomery potentially having a role in this past game now that James White is retired, coming off that hip injury. Um, Ty Montgomery was probably not going to be someone that ends up on your fantasy roster. Um, but he would have been someone you should have been watching. I think that's what we mentioned the other day. But if this is a serious injury, then I would say that that really does lock in Stevenson more likely into a – passing down roll. They still got JJ Taylor. Who knows? Maybe they scoop someone up off the waiver wire, but um this I this is say... more impactful for Stevenson than it is for Montgomery, I think. Um yes. those people that had Stevenson on their roster. They just you. get a little bump right now. You get a little bump up. If you're drafting soon, this is a little more interesting for people to take uh Stevenson maybe a round or two sooner to uh lock in some solid Bill Belichick pass down back work yeah his adp has been going up i expect it to continue to go up after that news yeah um let's circle back to the saints though and finish up on the uh running back situation alvin kamara is going 17.5 now based on the fact that he's not likely to get suspended this year i feel a lot better about that now having let's go baby rb1 i i I I am so excited about him this year yeah i love i love his adp right now uh, he that means he's a second round running back who uh, I'm scooping up. I don't care. I don't care what's caught in the round. If he's there, he's mine. Uh, this he's is huge. usually a PPR machine when Taysom Hill is not the quarterback. Uh, it's kind of a trend when you see running quarterbacks like the running backs tend to catch uh, fewer passes when you have a running QB. So uh, now that that's not really the case with Jameis Winston. He's certainly more of just like a pocket passer. But, uh, yeah, I think that we should see Kamara just kind of put up his own regular numbers. They're going to you know, still run the ball plenty. They're going to pass the ball plenty. There's room for Kamara to just basically have the same role that he's had the last several years. He'll be in the contention to be the top running back, top player in the league. Um, so the fact that you can get him at 17.5, 
you know, you lock in like one of those top receivers in round one and in round two, you could be in mid to late round two and scoop this guy up. Right. If and he doesn't have him. anyone behind him really pushing him for touches with Mark Ingram and Dwayne Washington. Um, you know, both of them are kind of just blowbacks. Right. Um, Mark Ingram, he's a 32-year-old running back. Yes, he's been extremely good throughout his career. Um, former Heisman Trophy winner. Those guys can last, you know, longer than that. Maybe 29, 30-year-old benchmark for most running backs. But at the end of the day, he's been slowing down significantly the last several years. So... I just expect that to continue to be the case. Um, he will steal a couple of touchdowns here and there, but I don't think he's he's only worth rostering if something happens to Kamara. So I guess you can kind of consider him a handcuff if you really want to do that. You got to get him at pick 176 according to his ADP. I feel like there's probably way higher upside options around that. Um, I'll look that up to confirm. But yeah, I'd say like Kamara is really the only guy that I want out of this backfield. Even if Ingram does get some more of the touches, if Kamara misses some time, they probably put together a committee that rather than just completely relying on him. Um, a couple guys around this uh, around this range: Jameis Winston, Noah Fant, DJ Chark, Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, Romeo Dubes, Jamal Williams. Yeah, I'd say that um, actually around there, like I'd probably rather have Chark. Fant, Herbert, a couple of those guys, but agreed. Um, I'd probably take a Pacheco. Uh, it sounds like he's doing hot out of the uh, Chiefs training camp, so I'd take a stab in the dark. It's a name to watch, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been interesting. He's kind of, I think, basically what he's going to do. He's going to end up costing Ronald Jones his roster spot, but I bet Pacheco is not very fantasy relevant this year. I bet. Well, it's I still think Ronald a... Jones just fumbled that away himself. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, you had a fresh start with a new team and still found a way to mess it up. Sorry, dude. I, it does not sound good for him on that roster. So. Um. All right. Yeah. Tight end. Um. Adam Troutman is the starting tight end there, but Taysom Hill is going to mix in. Is there really a whole lot to see here? I feel like they just don't use the tight end. In this offense, the whole yeah. Who really knows running what backs we're going to see here? Um, I mean, we might see. I I bet you that Troutman's probably going to be the main tight end that we see, just because he's going to be more of a blocker um, than Taysom Hill will. So we'll see Troutman more often than not. But um, in terms of route run, Taysom Hill might beat him. Well, he will beat him, not might. So just stay away from the tight ends here. Yeah, <laughs> do yourself a favor. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we can shift over to our next team in the NFC South. Yeah, baby. The Carolina Panthers. My this boy Baker team. Mayfield won the quarterback competition. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Was so it a real good. competition? Or, I mean. Well, it was said it was a competition. I mean, <laughs> but it was against Sam Darnold, so. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, the kid hasn't, he's had a terrible time in the NFL. I don't know how much of a competition this is. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get the sense that they brought in Baker. They weren't just going to anoint him the starter. They wanted him to get to practice and have some good practices. Because if they anoint him the starter, he comes in and doesn't practice well. Well, now they've kind of put themselves in this goofy situation where they put the cart before the horse, so to speak. Right. So they're like, look, come in here, practice, get familiar with some of these guys. As long as you don't give the job away, it's yours. Well, he didn't do that. He's played well enough in camp throughout the preseason and everything to, at this point. It's like, all right, well, you could have bad 
practices the rest of camp and you're still going to look better than what apparently Sam Darnold's looked like. So, um, so yeah, Baker, the trade to, Hey, from you Cleveland. try looking white and average all the time. It's pretty hard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just a quick note, Matt Corral, the rookie quarterback they took, he's on injured reserve out for the year with a foot injury. So we will not be seeing him. So, I believe that was a Liz Frank injury, correct? Yeah, those ones are tricky. You don't like those. So, he, so that's uh, the, for those that are unaware, that's the Travis Etienne injury and the Cam Newton injury. This is this is a full year recovery for the kid. Yeah, the fact that it happened early in camp gives him like almost a full calendar year to get healthy right. and stuff again. I'm sure that you know he'll be ready to go before training camp starts next year. But the fact that he doesn't get any more reps or anything is not going to help his case. Right. That's also to say that he was you know, somebody they were legitimately interested in grooming to be their next quarterback and not just somebody that was there at the right spot in the draft. So we'll have to see what happens. With that. You yeah. Know, since we're talking about injuries, one guy that concerns me in injuries is Christian McCaffrey. Two years in a row now. Hey, you watch your mouth. Three yeah. games, one year, seven man. games the next year. What's going on with our guy? Because – Man, can he play football like no other, but. We... I think it's just um, random chance injuries happen. It's part of the game. Obviously, you don't like to see it happening in back-to-back seasons, but he's good enough talent to where I'll still bank on it. His overall game, like the way he plays as a receiver, the amount of volume he can handle as a runner, the red zone touches, he does everything right. He plays more on the field. He'll play 90% of snaps. 95% of snaps are running back. That's kind of unheard of in today's NFL. Usually you got even a starting running back is only out there for maybe 75, 80% of snaps. So when you have a guy like McCaffrey who's out there playing 95, it's like, man, that's a lot of work. And I like that. So it's really just, do you believe? And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, and just like Kamara, he doesn't have anyone chasing them behind him. You know, he has Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, um, two guys who, are pretty underwhelming when we talk about running back um, in this this backfield. <laughs> yeah, my guess is if McCaffrey gets hurt, they go with the committee of Foreman and Hubbard, which I wouldn't be opposed to doing that if I was them. Like that's actually, I think, a good one-two punch there. Um, it's just not the end of the day. Good. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just going to be hard to split between the two of which one's going to be the one you want. Um, McCaffrey goes 2.2 overall, so you got to get him high. These other running backs are basically free. You got Foreman at 219, Hubbard at 193, so they're way back there. Baker Mayfield goes at pick 210, so he's free in single quarterback leagues. And I'm going to, you know, circle back to him for a second so we can talk about these receivers because I think everyone likes DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson obviously had a terrible year last year. They did draft Terrace Marshall in the uh, second round. Uh, He's 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 free. He's picked two sixty seven in terms of ADP. Robbie Anderson's two eighteen. DJ Moore's forty five. Um, so, how much can Baker Mayfield actually accomplish here in the passing game? Because I feel like DJ Moore can handle a lot. Christian McCaffrey can handle a lot. I feel like he's at least like a mid QB two, and he's got potential to be like a high QB two. No, uh, I like that. I I'm not against it. I just Baker's been a mixed bag of cats the you know in his NFL career but in fairness he was on the Browns and the Browns have notoriously been a horrible team when it comes to team building so I'm 
I'm concerned if we're looking at Baker to have a rebirth or if we're going to have Sam Darnold 2.0. Coming from a bad team, going to the Panthers, there are some pieces there. You have McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore, you got an offensive line that's relatively decent, but you have a defense that I they drafted all defensive players just two years ago. So this is a defense that has the potential to take a really big step. Can Baker Mayfield be a game manager? Maybe. Maybe. I think they still want to run the ball and play defense. That's Their defense is good. They, they have the potential to do that. Right. Um, Baker's so, not going out there to throw 500 passes, 400 passes this season. He's going out there to be a game manager. Can he do it? I think I think that's what they're going to try to set the stage for him to do. So how does that affect DJ Moore, Garrett? I want I want your opinion on this because he's going forty fifth overall. So that's you know fourth round, something like that. Maybe third round if you're in a twelve team league. Or no, I guess that's still fourth round. Yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, that. Um, you know, I still like DJ Moore. Uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, shown that he can support a receiver and throw to receiver. Um, He's DJ Moore is probably going to end up somewhere as a high end uh, two receiver two um, is what I'm expecting him to be. Um, now Robbie Anderson, he had a terrible year last year, um, and then we got uh, Terrace Marshall. Right, was also a rookie last year who didn't really um, perform didn't do much anything when he was on the field. So. Um, we really need to see Ter- Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson come back to really help Baker Mayfield. Um, if we don't see anything from them, it's going to be a long year for Baker. Um, and the Panthers are, might be a bad team this year. Yeah, uh, they, they, Their defense could keep them in it, but um, it's they're going to have to be like come from behind or close victory type wins. Yeah, the offensive line's got some talent there. They drafted uh, Iki Aquanu in the first round, so obviously they're hoping that he stabilizes that left tackle position. Um, they signed Austin Corbett from the Rams. You know, they got a few other guys here that can potentially pitch in, but I don't know. Yeah, there's going to be some uh, question marks about them. I've actually heard some noise about Rashard Higgins maybe over Robbie Anderson or Terrace Marshall, so I think that uh, he's not someone to – Draft and fantasies like beyond free. Like Richard Higgins is, you know, way down there. But he's someone that if uh, you see that Robbie Anderson's been benched, it's probably for this guy. Um, what do you guys think of Robbie Anderson? Like, is he, is he a dud? Are we going to see a little bit of a bounce back? Doubt it. Yeah, we're probably not going to see much of a bounce back. If we see anything, it's a receiver four type um, numbers. Uh, he might have a blow up a game or two, but I don't expect much from him. Um, his best PPR year has been 18, so that's low in or mid, mid two. And we're not going to see better than that. Yeah, I'll say this. I expected Anderson to have a much better year with Sam Darnold because of their chemistry and the fact that they played together before. And Robbie Anderson didn't do anything last season, so I don't, I don't count on him to have a new quarterback and to do much of anything. I'll say this. He didn't do very good last year, but the season before he went for over a thousand, you know, only three touchdowns, but still like he ended up as the 
uh, number 27 standard receiver, 19 PPR. So I, I'm, I'm not real high on him. Yeah. Probably receiver four, maybe flex in a best case scenario. Um, he is going at 218. So he's basically free. I definitely think that, um, you could throw a dart at him around that, around that time. Definite dart throw. If he hits a thousand yards again, that's because he hit his ceiling. Right. Right. <laughs> and the, and they have uh, Ian Thomas as a starting tight end there. So I guess he's worth discussing a little bit, but I just kind of feel like there's there's not a whole lot to see from these tight ends. Ian Thomas has been in the league for a couple years already and he's you know, he's not going to do a whole lot. The only guys I'm interested in from the Panthers. What about Tommy Tremble? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like I guess I don't even know for sure if Ian Thomas is the starter. I kind of assumed yeah. that he was going to be cuz He's getting paid like that, but they do have Tommy Tremble they took in the third round. I've heard basically nothing about him. I don't know. I think these tight ends this might be one of the teams to just completely avoid that position. Stay away from rookie tight ends normally. Well, he's not a rookie. I'm sorry. He's he got drafted last year. But yeah, um, yeah he could he could make some noise. Like this is just another tight end situation that you just kind of stay away from. You know, there's not many tight ends that are draftable, unfortunately. Um you if you don't get one of the top ones you kind of get lucky or you stream them right all right all right well i think that's all of our uh, panthers talk so we can move on to our last team in this division and that is the atlanta falcons uh, another team in transition going from matt ryan to now it's marcus mariota and they drafted desmond ritter in round three so definitely a different QB room. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Mariota has a locked-in starter, which appears to be the case for now. I suppose we could see Ritter uh, at some point. Um, they do bring back Cordell Patterson. Uh, and they signed Damian Williams, who's kind of been a serviceable running back for a few teams with the Chiefs, with the Dolphins, was with the Bears most recently. They did draft Tyler Algier in round five. I've heard he's been playing behind both Williams and Patterson, so I don't know how much we'll see. Um, but they, the big thing was that they did was they drafted Drake London early round one. Um, he should be their absolutely locked in number one receiver other than Kyle Pitts. Obviously he's a tight end, but plays some receiver. Um, they traded for Brian Edwards from Las Vegas. So there's a chance he gets some snaps. All of mine. Zacchaeus has been a name to keep an eye on, but otherwise like this, the receivers here don't look very strong outside of London. And even he's a rookie. So expectations need to be tempered with Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback too. This kind of projects as one of the weaker offenses across the league. Would What do you think, Mike? I just don't know how I feel about Mariota. Um, it, he hasn't been a starter in three years. It's been three, four years. Um, uh, he has not started a game in, well, I'm not saying he started, game, but basically since 2018 was his last year or 2019, excuse me, was the year uh, that he got benched for Tannehill. Put some respect on my boy's name. Mariota started a game last year. No, yeah, not he, last year. Did it or did it? Was it one? I can't remember, but didn't he get injured in that game? <laughs> no, it, was... it doesn't tell me. It tells me on sleeper, like the amount of games he played in, but not like the. Well, what sleeper does tell me is that Mariota last season had four yards on one completion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for two attempts. So I think it was the season before that you're thinking G money. Before that, yeah, I think it had uh, 200 yards. Look, Mariota was at one point, this guy that, you know, coming out of Oregon, 
He was he was hot. He was you know running all over the field, chucking the ball. But you got to remember, Mariota was never a good quarterback. He had you know twenty touchdowns is his ceiling so far. Uh, Three thousand. Well, he can run the hell out of the ball though. Yeah, he's only well, he's only got one season with like. His best passing touchdown season, it was his second year in the league, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Other than that, he's never gone above 19. That's right. alarming. For being a running quarterback, the best like season he had was probably 2017, 312 yards, five touchdowns. He had two other seasons where he had about 350, but only two rushing touchdowns in each of them. That's still worth something, but it's not like he's some But that's five years generational ago. Generational running. Him, you expect yeah. him to come back after five years and put up similar numbers or – well, he is when, when I look at this, too. I think Desmond Desmond Riddler or Desmond Ritter is going to take over sooner than later. Uh, I just don't expect Mariota to make good on that contract. We did talk about uh, Sam Howell potentially stealing a job from uh, Carson Wentz at some point. I do think that this is one of the more likely spots that we could see a rookie play. I don't know. I feel like Mariota is going to come in. He did play with the head coach, uh, Arthur Smith, in Tennessee when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator or a position coach there. So there's definitely some familiarity. Um, I understand he hasn't started a game in a couple years. I don't think he's going to come in and just start throwing interceptions or anything like that. He's going to probably be like efficient at best, but doesn't really push the offense forward. You know, they'll, they're not going to win any games because of him or not going to win many games because of him specifically. It's, he's got to really put it all together. Now he's got pits. Obviously, you know, he's one of the better tight ends in the league. He's going at 30.7 in terms of his ADP. So that is like a third round pick um, late third, maybe um, into late third. So, um, with as limited as we expect the passing game to be, and Mariota's basically free, he's going 247, so he's right. yeah, and obviously Ritter is even cheaper. But with ADP for Kyle Pitts being 30.7, gee, is that too rich for you? Is that about right? Is that a steal? What do you think? Um, so I'm taking him in the third round, generally, uh, you know. I stay away from tight ends, um, but you could make a case for it. Um, most likely, um, who's around him? So, just to clarify, he's the third tight end coming off the board. Travis Kelsey, thirteen point six. Mark Andrews, twenty three point nine. Kyle Pitts, thirty point seven. The next one's Kittle at thirty six point six. They're all kind of spaced apart a pretty healthy amount. If you just want guys like around that range, guys that I like in addition to Kyle Pitts, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Zeke Elliott, Mahomes, James Conner, T. Higgins, Justin Herbert. Like, a yeah. lot of those guys I, I like probably. So this is this is a situation where I'm looking at value and I'm looking at fantasy points. I'm looking at uh, the difference of what is Kyle Pitts going to get me versus what is, you said, I think you said Brees Hall. What potentially is Brees Hall going to get me? Like, you know, um, or... I don't think I mentioned Hall in that group, no. but Zeke was in that group. Okay, Zeke. Zeke. Sorry. What's yeah. Zeke going to potentially get me? Is it going to be more than 200 points? I'm going to guess. Let me just look at that real quick. Ezekiel Elliott. I would just say off the top of my head, a running Has back he had that's lower than... run for Yeah, exactly. He hasn't had lower than yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, it's like he hasn't had lower than 200. And Kyle Pitts. 
last year was at 186. So, I mean, let's temper our expectations. Yeah, he's a great tight end, but when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the fantasy points, he's not going to get you that much. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Uh, that's it's a really great point where you know I can get Zeke in the third round, and then I can turn back for Kittle in the fourth. That's a smart move. I, I think the talent is there for Pitts, but the talent's not there at the quarterback position to to push Pitts to where we want him to be. He's a unicorn. We all agree. Kyle Pitts is a unicorn, but he doesn't have a quarterback that's a unicorn. So I, I think you're right. Zeke might be a better choice in that third round slot. Come back through for George Kittle in the fourth if he's there. Which I don't he even is because he's at that 36 range. You said. Um, he's like what I say 30 point. Or is he at a uh, 30.7? Yeah, so he's like about pick 30 basically yeah. or 31. So I mean, Kyle Pitts goes just before him in that third. So yeah, I'm taking somebody who I know is a proven commodity. You mentioned how we know that Kyle Pitts is a unicorn, but his quarterback is definitely not a unicorn. I'm like, I'm not even sure his quarterback is a horse. Is he's got like a <laughs> he's got like a damn snail as a quarterback compared to. I mean... <laughs> yeah, they just don't have one of the the better QB situations. I expected Atlanta to be in the hunt for a rookie in the first round sometime next year. Even Drake London, who's going 82nd overall according to ADP, some guys you can get around him. Tom Brady, Kareem Hunt, Gabe Davis, Kenneth Walker, Cordell Patterson, who's his teammate. We'll get to him in a sec. Zach Ertz, Hunter Renfro, Dak Prescott, Devontae Smith. That's Elijah pretty Moore. rich for a guy that's going to finish as like receiver three, maybe. Yeah, I just feel like his draft capital is pushing his his value up. And the fact that they got nothing else that's particularly good at wide receiver, he could be like one of these rare situations where he gets like 110 targets coming in. Which but is that what we said about likely. Kyle Pitts last year. Kyle Pitts has no one around him. All they're going right. to do is throw to him. Right. Yeah. Like, so I just, We're not going to push that. We Let's try not to push that same narrative because yeah. – I'll say uh, this. I like Drake London in, in Dynasty. If they can add a young quarterback or they can acquire a good quarterback sometimes in the next year or so, like, hey, Drake London gets a huge boost and so does Kyle Pitts. And I think the team is going to know that too. If they've, We got to see how Drake London actually plays. But at least in Pitts, like, they got to know that they got something real special there and they'd be squandering it by not adding something better than a low-tier quarterback. This was just a weird year this year with – free agents and the draft. So I think they'll make I mean, an effort really, to fix that. There was, one, there was two quarterbacks in this year's draft that actually mattered. Everybody else was just kind of a consolation prize. I think next year, I expect the Falcons to be a top five pick. I just, I don't see this team. Even defensively, like, they're not good. Yeah, they're, they're not going to win a lot of games. So I expect them to be in that top five or six range. You're going to see them pick up a quarterback. And if they're lucky, they're going to get, uh, that kid out of Alabama, if they're in that area. Yeah, it could be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. There's Young a couple other guys there. that are going to rise. You know, so maybe next year they get one of these hot rookies coming out of college that's going to just decimate the field. And then, bam, Kyle Pitts is the next Travis Kelsey. And if you have him on a dynasty squad, you are going to be living fat because you're going to win a lot of championships. That kid's 21 years old. You're going to do just fine. Yeah. This just isn't that year. Yeah. Let him work out his lumps during a season where they're bad 
So by the time he's a true professional next year, they probably have a new coaching staff and a new quarterback. Right. He's he's my tight end in a league where I have eight picks next year in the 2023 draft. So I'm just and it's it's a team that I'm really excited about moving forward. And I'm, I'm very excited for Kyle Pitts in the future. This just isn't a year that I'm super concerned with where I finish in that. league. Yeah, I got you. Um, we have one last player really to talk about, or I guess the just last position group would be the running backs. Cordell Patterson on sleeper is officially a running back only, no longer a receiver and running back. So that's something that's significant. Um, I mentioned earlier how Algier, the fifth round rookie they took out of BYU, is playing behind Damian Williams. So I would say right now the job is between these top two guys. And I like Patterson just because he's still – they might be listed only as a running back on sleeper, but he's still going to do a little bit of everything. He just kind of tends to run out of gas there towards the end of the season. But to begin the year, I'm good with that. Like, go ahead and start him out strong. He really doesn't have a lot of competition if they – you know, if they're going to let Damian Williams be the backup there. And he's usually been like a third-string fringe kind of guy. He's good enough for Moat to be on a roster, but kind of just barely – um, I don't know. I feel like this is, could be a good season for Cordero Patterson, at least to begin, because especially if they're in catch-up mode, which they did a lot of that last year. Um, Patterson was always scoring in these blowout games that they'd be losing in. So I think he's kind of, to a degree, like matchup proof because his role's so locked in. He's gonna get rushes. He's gonna get catches. Um, but because the offense as a whole is not great, like touchdown values down and you got to expect like some kind of uh yeah him slowing down by the end of the year he is 31 you know so it's not like he's some young running back yeah i like uh cordero a little bit this year um enough probably at where his drop position is um, well, here, here, let me give you some running backs and we'll do, you know, this or that one. Would you rather okay. have Kareem Hunt or Cordero Patterson? Hunt. <sighs> yeah, probably Hunt. Easily. Kenneth Walker, me. Kenneth Walker or Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson. Only because Walker has the hernia that he's dealing with. Patterson or Tony Pollard? Pollard. Patterson. Loyalist. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pat- Patterson or Singletary, Devin Singletary. Patterson. Yeah, see, so he's kind of like right on that cusp of like yeah. you know, all right, you know, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, he's he's Pat- right in that sweet Patterson's spot. I think. Get a check down or two, and then he's gonna do what he does. And uh, this year, we're gonna find out. Like, did he finally take the step forward, uh, or is he gonna have the? Uh, uh, Devontae Parker situation where like he had this really interesting year and we're all kind of like confused at how it took so long for it to happen and now we're all really interested in him for the fantasy community and then he just fizzles right right he doesn't have good quarterback play so it trends really well for him now can he continue to have that success as long know. as he stays healthy then I'd say you could at least expect a good six to eight like fantasy games right. out of him that where he's like a, like an RB two. I mean, I'll definitely like flex basically him. every week. Yeah. I'll definitely flex him in if I have him. Yeah. I like him as a flex. Um, 
because like I said, rushing and receiving, it's just like a, he's got a high floor and then he's got a ceiling too. So, and I like the idea of, uh, uh, what's the rookie they picked up Algier. Yep. I like the idea of him as, Hey, I'll give you a third round pick for Algier. Somebody who's maybe going to steal the job. Maybe he isn't, but I'll burn a third round pick just to find out. Yeah. I scooped him up in a draft this year. I think that I know um, you there's oppor- there's opportunity there for him. It just seems like I it's going to be I saw you pick him up in that draft. And I was <laughs> that that was um, almost offensive for me. Uh, I, I think he'll be another one of those guys like with a lot of these rookies, like mid season, we'll find out what, what's the deal. You know, he's going to yeah. start out as the number three back. I bet between their top two running backs, one of them gets a little bit banged up, maybe not even enough to miss a game, but just enough to be out, you know, miss a little bit of time on the field. And Algier will get a chance to be active, and we'll see what he does with it. And then maybe that turns into something good long term. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's worth a third round, you know, dart throw if you uh, if you're going to make a trade. Um, all right, so let's do our sleepers of the division before we wrap this one up. Um, Garrett, you got anyone in particular that you like out of this? Um, give me a second here. I. I'm just going to say that uh, in my draft that I have this weekend, Alvin Kamara was one of the uh, players that I kept. Um, so I'm banking on him to play um, and be good this year. Uh, but if I'm going to go outside of that, I like Mike Evans. Yeah, we talked about him as like a value there in the third round if you skip out on one of the top receivers and he has just as much potential to be a wide receiver one as anyone if you look at his track record. So I'm I'm good with that. Um Mike, you got a name that you uh you want to throw out there? You know, it's crazy to think of him as a quote unquote sleeper. But it's it's Camara. It's he's fallen to the second round and he's He's a steal. So yeah, not even he's like mid to late second. You know, that's I mean, and if I'm sitting at that 10, 11, 12 spot, like, and I can get a bang bang play on a top tier receiver, you know, uh, one of these probably not the big three, but if I can land a Tyreek Hill or one of these guys around him, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Alvin Kamara, that's money. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Jarvis Landry. The fact that you can get him at pick 143 and a half as of today, I feel like that is extremely low. Um, the high volume that he's kind of always had over the course of his career with Dolphins, with the Browns. When he's healthy, he can catch a lot of passes. We already talked about Michael Thomas being a little bit banged up, Chris Olave being a rookie. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to be that veteran like reliable receiver like he usually is. And I think for as cheap as you can get him, he could end up being a wide receiver three for you at minimum, like a flex, but he's a fantasy starter just about every week and you can get him super cheap. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Um, We will be back uh, soon with the AFC West and then we'll wrap up with an NFC West episode. So be on the lookout for that. AFC West is probably going to be one of the funner ones, in my opinion, because we got four really good teams, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers. Um, interesting QB division, I'll say that. That's probably the division with the best QBs in the league. I'll, I'll give them some credit there. Derek Carr's the worst quarterback in the division. 
uh, well, we're going to have a conversation. That's an, interesting, that's an interesting thing right there. <laughs> but he is also that motherfucker. So. Uh, right. I, you know, I love my boy Derek. I'm excited to see what happens this year. Right. Go get him. Yep. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. Until then, I appreciate you listening. Hit us up with any questions. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Drink your milk, and we'll see you guys next time. Or your beer. Or your beer, but definitely your milk.